So yeah, moving on. All right. So that brings us to X-Men Annual number three, <clears throat> which has a cover by Frank Miller, Terry Austin, and Danny Crespi, and is written by Chris Claremont, penciled by George Perez, inked by Terry Austin, colored by Glynis Ween, and lettered by Tom Orzakowski, edited by Roger Stern. Archon attacks the X-Men and abducts Storm to save his world because it needs fucking saving again. Uh, <clears throat> the thing that I really like is the X-Men go after and they arrive and they fight their way to Storm only to, to, to discover that Storm is willingly about to sacrifice her life to save this world. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things that I love about the X-Men like, all heroes are, like, ready to sacrifice their lives to save people. But the X-Men go the extra mile. They're, like, they're, like, literally, they show up and they're just like, we're the X-Men. Which of us can we sacrifice to save you? <laughs> because it's literally just, like, as much as most heroes put on the line, the X-Men are just, like, no, we're fucking doing this. And it's just like, no, the guy just has a flat tire. And it's just like, Colossus, give your life to get this guy on his way. And it's just like, da, comrade. And it's just like, fuck, man, you just have to change a tire. <laughs> um, but I... Archon is annoying because, like you say, if they were to... Sh- if he... If anyone else from his world, which I don't remember the name of, but if anybody else from his world would have shown up and gone to, because first he goes to Avengers Mansion and he's like, Jarvis, where the hell is Thor? And Jarvis is like, Thor doesn't even really work here anymore. And he's like, damn it. No, I'm going to kill you. And then his vizier pops in his head and is like, don't kill him. If Thor's not there, we've got one more option on this plane. He's like, all right, cool. So he sends him to after Storm. But again, like you say, if anybody other than Archon would have shown up and been like, okay, so I got a problem. There's this entire planet that doesn't have a sun. It's just got a ring of energy around it. And I need somebody. I wanted Thor because it would have been safer, but I need somebody to release a shitload of energy to restart that ring. And uh, we think it's you, Storm. And everyone would have turned to her and been like, what do you want to do? And she'd be like, Yep, okay, we go. And then all of them go, and they still have to figure this out, because, like, and I think that's just a better story, too. It's more empathetic. Um, As it's better to the characters, Archon sucks and doesn't have to be in it this way. Um, And it's... And then they show up, they get told the procedure, she's like, okay, I'm still gonna do this. They have inner turmoil in the background where uh, that's really fun. Wolverine and Cyclops get pissy at each other because neither of them want this to happen, but they can't figure out a way to get out of it. That's such, that's so better. Um, Peter having his continued existential crisis about whether or not he even wants to be there coupled with the fact that storm's about to get herself fucking killed and then they figure out the same thing that they figured out here to like get around and make sure that storm is safe why am i already i'm much happier with that story yeah damn yeah 
let me write for X-Men. Don't let I do, me. Do not do, let me write for X-Men. It'll just be Morrow all the time. Uh, She's dead. <laughs> uh, the one thing I will say, I like... I like the... The one thing I will say is... Any time... This whole, like, misunderstanding leading to, like, no, it's okay, we just have to uh, talk this out, like, it does give me, it does give me the opportunity for Wolverine to just be, like, in the middle of killing a bunch of people, and then Cyclops is like, no, Wolverine, stop, we're talking it out now, (laughs) and Wolverine just has a guy... And he's like about to stab the guy in the neck. And the guy's just like, oh, thank God. And then Wolverine's just like, stab. (laughs) Like, that I would love to see. But otherwise, yeah, no, totally. And uh, I don't know. It's just like, the X-Men are like Zab Brannigan in that, like, it's like, I am perfectly happy to throw wave after wave of my own men. (laughs) You don't have to, though. (laughs) But whatever. I just think that would have been really neat. Um, They also do some allusions to, you know, it's mostly editor's boxes because the annuals come out whenever the hell they come out, right? Um, And they kind of figure out, like, scheduling-wise, okay, this is actually going to release two weeks after uh we start proteus and everybody figures out that everybody else is alive again um and i was just reading that and going oh for fuck's sake i just want to read that can we get to the it because the proteus story is like the start of just kick-ass x-men for like three years Mm -hmm. um and I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, it also, you know, calls into question. There's just a bunch of stuff there that I want to I want to explore. Um, and, yeah. Um, anyway, I thought this was a good story. Eventually, like without all the things, like if the, without all, I think it's so much cooler if they don't have. This misunderstanding that leads to Wolverine murdering, I'm going to go 150 people, um, (laughs) at least. And if we don't have that misunderstanding, we get a bunch of Aurora just being like, yep, all right, sign me up. Where do I stand? Uh, And then all of them around her being like, we don't have to do this, do we? Um, I just, that's so good. The uh, the thing that I really, the thing that I find funny is there's the implication here that Archon, that the device Iron Man built that saved the world uh-huh. stopped working because Archon was fiddling with it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he couldn't just stop tinkering and so it died. And then, like, his entire world is doomed. And so now he's just got to be like, God damn it. All right. (laughs) But whatever. I also, Um, like, there's a couple of different other things that I I enjoy, which is immediately after they arrive, um, 
a fight starts and one of the viziers one of the graybeard or the one of the yeah the advisors to archon takes off and they send like almost like it was planned but it clearly couldn't have been um Mm -hmm. is basically with a wink and a nod um cyclops is like nightcrawler get him and nightcrawler takes to the shadows and just follows him the whole way which is rad um and then gets to storm and he's like Leapjin, we don't have to do this let's go and she's like no i'm here on purpose and manages to the fight ensues between nightcrawler and one of the guys somebody and she manages to just blast the shit out of the place and everyone goes okay she's over there (laughs) there there we go (laughs) thanks nightcrawler Um, um i just i really like i like parts of this so much but well, and it, the, it's just the too Nightcrawler too thing. Late by the time that Archon's like, look, it's not really in my people to communicate. That's kind of why we don't have friends. And I'm like, yeah, but okay, this could have been the whole story, though. Oh, yeah. Well. the the thing that I, the thing that I really like is the Nightcrawler thing is really subtle, because I had to go back and reread when. Cyclops, Colossus, and Wolverine and Nightcrawler arrive, then a fight breaks out. And at one point, when the when the Vizier is off to the side talking to the Warlord, he's like, these three fight with, like, a lot of courage. And I'm like, three? What? And... I'm like, that had to have been a mistake. But then I read the bit about Nightcrawler slipping out and following the vizier. And I'm like, oh, yeah. all right. Yeah, cool. So it's it's really well done in that regard because it is. It's just subtly like Nightcrawler disappears from the action. Mm-hmm. And then we just pick him up. Yeah. So. And then at the very end, uh, the... The machine that got broke or spun down or something. And Cyclops is like, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, get over there and fix it so that it'll take my energy instead of the electrical energy. And both Nightcrawler and Wolverine kind of look at him and then look at each other and then look back at Cyclops and are like, we fix motorcycles, man. (laughs) Like, that's some Iron Man shit. Like, you want us okay (laughs) and like they both go over there and he's like um we're just gonna make this worse aren't we yeah probably let's but he seems real intent so let's try i think that's funny i it's like that scene in the avengers where uh iron man's like what do you see and Cap's like, it seems to run on some form of electricity (laughs) like well you're not wrong (laughs) It seems but, to run anyway. on some kind of electricity. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah. So anyway, like uh, once again, I this is one of those situations where this didn't this didn't really have to be an annual. But oh well. I'm okay with it being an annual. Um, I just wish it would have been a different story. <laughs> 
I wish no, the I, know. I wish the particulars of the story were different. I'm okay no, with I, the Archon world, and I'm all I'm okay with a lot of this. It's just like the miscommunication part is so fucking tried and played. Yeah. Even by 1979 standards, like you're still looking at this going, okay, yeah, there's a miscommunication because this isn't even a miscommunication. This is just Archon's a dick and yeah. won't tell them what he wants them for. Even when Cyclops is like, whoa, bud, stop, please. Or I really don't want to have my giant steel man and my lady what makes lightning destroy you. Please yeah. talk to me. And he just won't do it. It's, Get out of my way. My world is in peril. That sounds bad. Let us help. No. Okay. And then you're going to yeah. get hit by a tree. All right. <laughs> Here it comes. Yeah. All right. Right. No, I'm with you. I, I'm just saying, like, whether you change the story or not, I feel like this could have been a single issue, not an, not a, an annual but whatever. I think as an annual, if it does get to some time to breathe, like you're allowed a page or so for them to like deal with what it is that Aurora is asking them to let her do. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and that's the kind of thing that we do get near the end of Phoenix is no, they're right. I've been tried and found guilty. We need to do this. And everyone's just like, gee, no, we can figure something out. If we have to fight our way out of here, we have to. And that's the whole fucking issue is them just wandering around being sad. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. Because it lets me know about these people and like how they'd handle that kind of situation where punching it doesn't, isn't going to fix it. Um, but instead, we punch it. Yes. Yeah. Archon's a dick. I mean, at least that's why we're punching things. It isn't because they, you know, the X Men didn't cause this misunderstanding, um, which happens a lot, too. It, this is, Ar- at least Archon's the asshole here. So, I, it, yeah. You know, I'm prepared for that. All right, moving on. Uh, yeah. Um,. So now we get into Ghost Rider number 35, um, <clears throat> which has a cover by Bob Budiansky, uh, written and penciled by Jim Starlin, inked by Steve Leoloa and, quote, friends, colored by Petra Goldberg, lettered by Tom Morzakowski, and edited by Roger Stern. What I will say going into this is this is the kind of Ghost Rider I like, sure. which is... Ghost Rider out doing shit, and then he Ghost Riders, and things were Ghost Rid, and that's most of this this run of Ghost Rider is a lot more uh, kung fu or have gun will travel that kind of thing, right. um, where he's just out on the road, kind of thinking about his cursed existence, but generally ignoring it, and then shit happens, right? right? Like, and that's okay. I think that's fine. Um, Do some of these stories work better than others? Yes. Well, yeah. But but, it's still better than him. But they're self-contained. I don't, it's not like. 
It's better than it's him not being involved like... in a fucking love triangle with him and Karen and um Roxy, Roxy and, and like, like whatever. Like I don't care. I don't care. You're yeah. you're cursed. If one of them will put up with you, you should probably stick with that one. You're, yeah. You are literally your head catches on fire occasionally. Like Right. And no. like, you know, the the travails of having a job at the studio and I'm like why are we why are we doing this? But whatever. And also this like issue... California cults, I don't give a shit. I don't know why, but automatically I'm just like you're dealing it's a cat I don't nope. Go get go well... get into the desert and deal with people who think they're worshiping a vampire like that's what i want or whatever i have stuff to say about the cult but we'll get to that that. Uh, the uh this issue uh ghost rider reflects on a time he had to race death itself for his own life and how he cheated to win uh and like in the context of the story it makes sense because he's because like in the course of things, there are three separate races uh, for different stakes. The last being the race for his life. And in one of them, he's like, hey, you cheated. And death is like, there's no cheating in a race like this. And so when it comes to the race for his life, he kicks death's motorcycle off the road and down into a ravine and it's just like our hero ladies and gentlemen but whatever i guess you know i think he is demonic so you want to i think interrogating that is is a cool idea in being like all right you lost your first race because he cheated you won the second race for the little girl by being inventive but not technically cheating you straight up cheated by kicking him off to save your own life (coughs) what does that say about you and the writer and you're more the writer when he cheats and I think that's okay right Mm -hmm. like that's him the writer being challenged by death itself to confirm his existence, to validate that the writer should be here. And if that were the way, that isn't the way it's, I'm reading a lot into it. That's not in the text. Um, but, uh, stop it. Yeah. Stop doing that. How dare you? (laughs) But if that is the way that the character were to act, that makes sense to me being like, no, fuck you. I'm the goddamn ghostwriter. I get to, you're just death. Yeah. You've got power and shit and like you're ever present and all that, but I am vengeance motherfucker. Right. Right. Like it's just a degree and I'm okay with that. I think it's, I think it's probably my favorite story. The ghostwriter stories of the week. So, I don't know. I don't know. I will get to mine, but whatever. Okay. Uh, Ghost Rider number 36 is written by Michael Flesher, penciled by Don Perlin, inked by Don Perlin, colored by Ben Sean, and lettered by Irving Watanabe. 
Uh, a chance encounter in a diner causes Johnny to hang out with a young woman named Debbie, whose sister has kidney problems. Taking to her to the hospital, a bunch of drunken loudmouths from the diner start shit with them. Johnny turns into the Ghost Rider, which freaks Debbie the fuck out. Um, and then he steals the dude's car to take Debbie and her sister to the hospital uh, in what had to have been the most awkward car ride of all time. Um, and yeah, like this is, this is largely just Johnny, Johnny picks a fight and it comes back to bite him in the ass. Yeah. So I don't know. Whatever. Uh, This one is fine. It's fine. It's just, there's no, there's no real reason for the ghost rider other than Johnny was kind of a prick to some pricks. Yeah. And so ghost rider comes out and then it's just like, Oh no, you're a monster. And he's just like, yeah, I guess I am. And it's like, well, you know, you could have just been like, you sort not of, an asshole. Yeah, so. you sort of started this. Yeah. Plus, it's really weird how, like, when he gets to Debbie's place, he then just jams his tongue down her throat. But he does whatever. that a lot this week. Yeah. That I'm just like, I don't remember Johnny being this way. Yeah. Whatever. Moving on. Yep. Uh, this one is actually my my favorite issue of these. Um. Ghost Rider number 37 has colors by George Russos and letters by John Costanza. Stopping at a circus where some stunt riders are attempting to break his world record, Johnny witnesses their deaths at the hands of some mafiosos. He then has to prevent the stunt rider's son from using dark magics to get revenge and hunts down the men responsible. The reason that I like this this issue is twofold number one uh when johnny goes to see these stunt writers who are attempting to break his world record it's not petty Mm -hmm. it's not like who the fuck do these assholes think they are he's like i hope they do it let's see it like Uh, honestly I, i thought it was a really neat moment where he was like he was a little you know, they'll take my record away. It wasn't, but he wasn't mad. He was just a little like, like reflective about it. And then when he got there and he saw the cars and he saw the spectacle set up, he was like, fuck yeah, get it. Let's do this. Right. Like, and on top of that, he knows how dangerous this is. Like not just because he's done it, but also he's seen people die trying to do stunts like this. And he doesn't want that to happen to these strangers because he's not an asshole. So he's just like, I, will I be sad that I don't have this world record anymore? Sure. Do I want these people to fail and possibly almost certainly die in the attempt? No, no. So, (laughs) yeah. So I hope they make it right. Like that's, that's, that's a really cool moment. I will give you that. Yeah. I uh, uh the other the thing sorry. that I the thing that I was just like hmm was uh we we did a mini robin except not. 
Well, yeah, but the the thing that I like about this, so the parents die, and the son is left behind, and he's angry, and he's approached by someone who gives him a book, and is like, this will allow you to get revenge on the people who are responsible for your parents' death. Uh, we don't get any explanation for who this guy is, but ultimately, who cares? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, yeah, that part it could doesn't be... matter. Yeah. I mean, we we're dealing with a world in which hell is a very real place. And like people are like demons are constantly trying to get people to do this kind of shit. So the so a dude showing up and being like, he 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 black magics is like par for the course. Like, yeah, if this were ghostwriter number one, then we might need some explanation. But we're pretty firmly established in how this shit works right so this dude doesn't matter but he gives the kid a book and the kid is going to go and do some spell that will get his parents back and johnny approaches him in the graveyard and is like look i've been where you are i made the deal you're about to make and let me tell you it does not go well and the kid's like, what the fuck do you know? And then, you know, he turns into the ghost rider and he's just like, oh, oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah, no, like, I don't want that. That is not a thing I want. Uh, okay. Going to miss my parents, but. <laughs> uh, I really like this scene for that exact reason as well. With Johnny showing up and being like, you don't want to do this. I've done this. And he's like, how could you have done this? This is fucking black magic. You're just some guy. And he's like, uh, and during the transformation, and this is one of those like little letter letterers are real artists kind of thing is, uh, they're not very consistent about this, but during this run, they are. So the speech bubbles change Mm -hmm. and the letters, the lettering is slightly different between when he's Johnny and, the, the speech bubbles are definitely different where when he's Johnny, they're bubbles mm-hmm. and like any other character when the, he's the writer, they're boxes with mm-hmm. like darned ed- darned corners. Yeah. And, uh, I like that so much. It's yeah. just one of those, like, you know, it, it isn't an auditory medium, but you can make it so, that you can convey or you can convey that something very different happens with his voice while he's giving this speech and also like another thing that's cool about that those three panels is he goes from talking like johnny to talking like the writer by the end Mm -hmm. of it like his actual diction changes and his vocabulary and that's cool as hell um and it really sells the Oh shit! That the kid is like, no, nah, no, nah, nah, okay, nope. You're scary. I don't want this. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's four panels, and it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's really well done. So yeah, well, and you know what you were talking about with the lettering and the the speech bubbles and everything. That's one of the reasons that when we started doing, <clears throat> when we started doing crediting the creators that's one of the reasons i was very adamant about wanting to credit 
the colorists and the letterers and things like that is all of this is very collaborative. It's not, you know, the, the writer and the artist are of course the superstars of all of this, but you know, the lettering does enter into it. The coloring does stuff like that. Um, so the other thing that I really like is even once, even once he convinces the kid that he doesn't want to sell his soul, the kid is still out for vengeance. And he's like, my parents were murdered. Okay, I'm still going to get the guy. Even if I don't sell my soul to bring my parents back, I'm going to get this guy. And so Ghost Rider still has to step in and be like, no, I am the instrument of vengeance here. Yes. And so the kid, the kid is, the kid has gotten two kind of verbal slapdowns by uh, Ghost Rider, and it's great. And oh yeah, the second one is fantastic because so he goes to this guy's uh, party, he gets a chandelier shot down and smashed on him, and the guy he's after uh, takes does a runner and is going for a car. Um, meanwhile, uh, the kid has arrived, he picks up a gun on the ground and is aimed, you know, got it aimed at this guy's back and the writer comes out of fucking nowhere, grabs the gun, shouts, no, it goes off in the air and he just looks at him and goes, yeah, basically what you said, which is I am the instrument of vengeance. This is not a path you roll down. And the kid's like, okay, sorry. And he gets on his bike and heads after uh verdun or verdun whatever the guy varden yeah yeah and uh then they play chicken and varden takes a dive into a ravine uh but those two parts with the kid are cool as shit Um, yeah and kind of like the things we were talking about where it's like this is why you know, sometimes it's hard to get excited about team up or any of those because I don't get to hang out with what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man or what makes the guest stars of those team up books or two in one. What makes them tick? It's just running, jumping, climbing trees. Whereas this is, this is why Ghost Rider, when, when Ghost Rider does these things, these specifically these two things, this is cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is why it sucks to go from that to uh, uh, Ghost Rider number 38, which is lettered by Diana Albers. Uh, Ghost Rider saves the senator's daughter from a stupid fucking cult, then meets Harley, who owns a motorcycle shop. When Harley is killed by the cult after a race, Ghost Rider gives chase, but the road under him is blown up, causing him to fall into a chasm. The thing I, the reason I say this is a stupid fucking cult is because. So I recognize that death in the Marvel universe is personified, leaving aside all of the mythological personifications of death from the various, you know, fucking, uh, pantheons that exist and so on and so forth there is also literally death that lady in a robe who is death yeah um but that's also not like common knowledge 
mm-hmm. like other the other than people like Thanos and later Deadpool, like there aren't a ton of people who are just like, yeah, it's a lady. She's cool. Whatever. Um, she kind of thinks Thanos isn't shit. <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like, I like that as an idea that that's one of the best parts of, of Infinity Gauntlet is him just being like, pay attention to me. And she's like, nah. <laughs> just, yeah. Eh. Um, I don't, this isn't really my, this isn't really what I do, man. Like, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the, the, the people who are in this cult, first of all, part of the death cult involves motorcycles. And it's just like, unless you as a cult knew you were going to be facing off against Ghost Rider, the motorcycles make no sense. Other than, like, are we trying to say that, like, ooh, motorcycles are dangerous. And if you get one, get on one, you're taking your life in your own hand. But that's not that's not what Ghost Rider is about. Like, there's no moralizing about like, you know, no, motorcycles are a death trap. Don't get on one. It's just like, I don't know. He rides one, so they have to ride some too. Like, but like, unless unless you knew as a cult leader, you were going to be going up against Ghost Rider. And this guy the guy who leads the cult, we find out it's a grift. Like he is, he's just out for like the, the money and power and shit. Um, so there's no reason he would expect a visit from the ghost rider. Uh, but like the, their cult did though, that would be hilarious. Like a weird, Okay, so now, everybody, we're going to go have motorcycle training, yes, and then we'll come back and we'll worship death. (laughs) Did everyone get their flamethrower? Yes? Okay. Uh, No, nobody's flamethrower is full. We don't want to do the... (laughs) You didn't get one? Okay. Go talk to Gary. Yeah. He's he's in charge of the flamethrowers. You'll have to sign it out and sign it back in at the end of the day um, until we can actually get you your own. Nobody's getting any fuel today. We're just going to dry run everything. Everybody get on your motorcycles. Let's run around, roll around in circles. Why are we doing this, boss? Oh, for when the Ghost Rider shows up. What? Of course. Why would the Ghost Rider show up? We're what running is the a- Ghost Rider? <laughs> <laughs> We're running a death cult. The Ghost Rider's going to show up. <laughs> um, K... Do I still have to give you my house? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. I thought we and were like, going to die. <laughs> but There's like, a lot of rules to this <laughs> cult. I just wanted to fucking then die, man. Like, I don't I don't know why you have to take it in this weird direction. The, but the thing that I like is we're not talking thuggies here who are yeah. just like Cali or anything like that. It's a very vague cult. They're just like, what do you worship? I don't know, like death or whatever. Like a specific, like, like death in what way? You know, just like the concept of death. It's just really cool. So you don't actually so much worship it as you're just kind of like into it. No, like there's rituals and stuff. But, but like you don't actually like 
believe that like death is answering your prayers. Well, no, that's not. No, no, no that silly. would be dumb. Death is the ultimate power in the universe. Clearly. Okay. I'm just going to have to take your word on that one. Uh, and we worship that. Yeah. Um, okay. So like entropy, what, what are we doing here? No, yeah. no death. Death okay. specifically, but like, just like, you know, not look, capital D death. Look, just, I'm just giving all my money and worldly possessions to a man so that I can hopefully die in a fire on a motorcycle. That's what we're doing here. All right. All right. Someday, man. Someday. <laughs> they'll give me my flamethrower and my motorcycle. And that'll be fucking it, man. <clears throat> yeah. So, whatever. Uh... So Ghost Rider number 39 uh, is lettered by Clem Robbins. Ghost Rider saves not only the senator's daughter, but the senator's son, who it turns out is uh, one of the motorcycling death cultists uh, from the laziest cult of all time, led by the senator's clearly evil colleague, attorney Mark Crane. And I say clearly evil... Because like, you know, it's, it's, there's one of the, it's one of those things where, uh, when the villain shows up in a thing, like when, when the villain shows up and they're shrouded in mystery and then like they introduce the person who's going to turn out to be the villain, there's varying degrees of it, Mm -hmm. uh, in that sometimes it'll be like, well, I bet it'll be him. But then, like, you're kind of waiting for confirmation of some sort or some sort of evidence to back that up. Yeah. This guy showed up and I saw him and I'm just like, it's him. And it's like, there was no corroboration necessary, no evidence. It was just like, that's clearly <laughs> the guy. Because the first time we meet him is at dinner and he's like, the state senator is like, yeah, I mean, we need to get the FBI involved. We need to do something about this because it's clearly a death cult and uh, that's not cool. And uh, the this dude is just like, well, I don't know. As an attorney, Arthur, I got to tell you, uh, it's a pretty fine line. You're walking up against the First Amendment. And, uh, and it's just like, yeah, it's him. Yeah. And I went so far as being like, who's this other kid? Oh, that must be. Oh, it's his, it's uh it's her brother. He's in the cult. Yeah. And then they go upstairs and both things are true. Well, <laughs> yeah, because like the first time you meet Billy, he's just like, God, you don't even know what the cult is about. And it's like, well, the fact that it's a cult <laughs> pretty well means maybe you shouldn't. But like, because I reckon I recognize like. There's the old school definition of cult, and then there's what cult means in the modern day. But, like, we're talking about the modern day definition of a cult, not just a small religion, but, like, no, a fucking cult. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and it's th- just... I, I, I like, though, he's clearly maybe 18, right? Probably not. And uh, yeah. at, at one point, the attorney... 
the DA looks at him and he's like, I don't know, Billy, you've been kind of quiet. What do you think of all this cult business? And he's like, ah, gee, I don't know. I guess if people want to join some kind of group, that's okay by me. And I'm like, you're in the cult, aren't you? You're in the, you're in the cult. And then the cultists show up and light the house on fire. Everybody splits up uh, and we get confirmation that he's in the cult. Well, you know, you you don't say something like that unless you're in a cult of some kind. If he if he weren't if he weren't in the cult, the death cult, like he was at the very least in a cult. Yeah. Um so whatever. Anyway, uh Ghost Rider number 40 is Do you want a cult? Cuz this is how we get cults. <laughs> yeah. Uh Ghost Rider number 40 is colored by Bob Sharon and lettered by Diana Albers. Ghost Rider fights a man who will kill thousands of men, women, and children in nuclear fire if it will save them from the dangers of nuclear power. Uh, this is this is trying real hard to like... Because there's the point where the guy's daughter surprises him at the nuclear power plant... And so he kills her, not knowing that it's her. And he's like, oh, no. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) like, and it's like, we're trying something here, but it's just not quite working. Um, And so, yeah. I. (sighs) The 70s and 80s and nuclear power were a time. And there was a lot of misinformation. There was a lot of clearly uh, regulations that weren't getting followed, depending on where you lived. It was a time, and it's a complex issue, and I'm pro-nuclear power, but whatever. That's not what this is about. But I don't know what this story is about either. Um, Well, yeah, you you don't really know at the end of it, like, is the person who wrote this pro or anti-nuclear like where where are you coming from on this um because it's like being this guy having the knowledge that he does about how the nuclear industry works makes me even more confused yeah about like why he's mad at the industry or the power plant and not the people who should be regulating the power plants and making sure that they're safe and stuff like that, because whatever. But like at the end of it, yeah, he kills his daughter in this blind pursuit. So is that the message that you shouldn't be so fanatical about things like this? Or like, what do, what are we trying to say here? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's... it's I'm going to be honest, I didn't actually read a lot of this once I got, like, the gist. Because I wasn't expecting much to happen other than, he killed his daughter, didn't he? Like, I just flipped through it. Yeah. And, And the thing about it is, like, the point of it seems to be, don't put on a suit powered by nuclear power and kill people with it. But like, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I, that's. I wasn't you, going to. You don't have to. 
I don't. I, yeah, I'm pretty receptive to that message. Yeah. <laughs> like what was that what a are, problem? <laughs> what else? <laughs> I was under the impression that we all thought that. No. Okay. Yeah. Um. Huh. I. Yeah. It's just. A, it's a really weird sort of. I mean, like I say, nuclear power in this era was kind of a weird hot button issue that people were like picking up and putting down and picking up and putting down and weren't there was not a lot of consistency behind it and it was very much like both sides of the issue pro and anti-nuclear power were arguing from places of bad faith too like nothing of the nuclear argument of the all the way up into the 90s made any sense if you just listened to the things people were saying because it was like well nuclear power will destroy us all well then why are we mad at the nuclear if you had stricter safety regimens well we again don't want to do that because that's big government or whatever like there was a whole bunch of a back and forth it was just bad bad arguing all around and uh i'm but that the, never happens. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm sad. <laughs> um, anyway, so this is a it's a silly story to end on, um, and it felt it doesn't feel like a it definitely doesn't feel like a ghostwriter story, you know. No, this is this is. A this is categorically one of those stories where you could have put in anyone. Um uh and it would have worked just as well and not great then either. But like it yeah. definitely doesn't make much sense as a as a ghostwriter story because Right what's he doing mutants fighting mutants sure like you know uh but mutants fighting people who hate mutants yeah all right all right sure but like you know captain america fighting nazis sure but then like ghost rider fighting a guy uh (laughs) and not not even like not even like a mystically powered guy or am i a guy who has done you know, something to earn the vengeance yeah literally literally like it's not even like oh well he's wiccan <laughs> like you know it's nothing there is nothing to indicate why ghost rider had to be the one to deal with this i mean um, that's that's why that story that we were talking about earlier with the the gangsters that blew up the the stunt cyclists is much more of a ghost rider story because it involves someone seeking vengeance and him being like no that's not what you're here for i go do that bullshit because i already made the mistakes and this is it's not just i mean they're kind of getting there in those kind of stories they're not there yet like the spirit of vengeance and the penance stare and all that but those are the seeds that story very much felt like a ghostwriter story because i and you know, and it, it it is precipitated by the the why is Ghostwriter there is also kind of ham fisted in where the kid gets the book from the creepy weirdo 
And so, but like you said, I'm willing to overlook that because at least it ties Ghost Rider into this, right? right. So, right. There's a reason. There are a couple of reasons for him to be there. Mm -hmm. Vengeance, black magic, somebody selling their soul to save someone they love. Like that is Ghost Rider to a T. Mm -hmm. You need Ghost Rider or someone like him in that story. Mm -hmm. This other story, I mean, this could just as easily be an Iron Man story. It would make more sense, actually. Yeah. So I don't know how you get him there, but this is a much better Iron Man story or because that's that's the guy I want to deal with, like the problems with emerging technologies. Right. Is like and the dude who would try to stop this guy with rational technological arguments first and then result in blowing up the helicopter. Whereas yeah. this just ends in a fiery helicopter crash and a bunch of dead people. Yep. Yep. All right. Ugh. Whatever. Top five? Uh, top five! Spooky I don't know why I did five. it that way. Ooh. The Watcher's Guide's Top Five. Uh, number five. Brown shirt. Hey, whoa, man. Gross. No. We're doing this for money. Uh, number four. Um, this is a good story except for most of it. Which is the X-Men annual. I yeah. still think that's... I'm, 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 I'm beating a dead horse here, but I think that there's a good story there. It just takes them three years to get to it. Um, yeah. And number... Three, uh, having have flaming cycle will travel. It's just a much better version of Ghost Rider. Um, number two is uh, Sue goes full mama bear, which is reductive. I actually mean Sue has something to do, right? Because in yeah. a lot of Ghost or even Fantastic Four stories, Sue doesn't get a lot to do except for be angry at Reed at best right and mm-hmm. like that's i'm always angry at reed um <laughs> so it's relatable it's just anyway and then uh number one is uh those four panels of ghost rider with the lettering and you know the scene itself is very good um in the in the cemetery when he's talking to the kid um yeah i just re uh, the why i'm calling out those specific panels again is because the letterer and the artist and everybody working together to convey an idea that you can't do that is hard to do in comics and doing it really, really well because, because it's a visual and prose, you know, reading medium auditory stuff is difficult unless you like, spend a shitload of time in box text explaining like what things sound like and stuff like and like we don't have the time for that and doing that well is extremely cool but the well and i i think this is one of those times where it showcases 
how comics are different than, say, writing a novel. Or because f- and film and different if, than, yeah. If you were, t- because if you're doing a film, you can convey that same sort of thing in the same way. Yeah. Uh, in terms of changing from a human to someone with a flaming skull. And then, of course, the changes in voice. But if you were writing a novel, you would have to stop mid-sentence with Johnny and say, and here his voice changed from that of a normal man to a demon, cold as the grave, blah, 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 blah. So-and-so's blood ran cold. Uh, Yada, yada, yada. It can be done, but it's not as subtle right it's not as subtle it's not as smooth yeah. you have to you have to stop and explain the change so yeah i'm done okay uh number five yep that sure was some good cheating i did that time <laughs> god damn i cheated that guy but good uh number four um uh number four is hello thank you for calling the x-men who can we sacrifice for you today number three uh is uh shit i don't know what i thought i had an order and now i'm not sure uh number three is no wait what no (laughs) no that's not no man no no like i'm i'm a bad guy but i'm not (laughs) the bad guy (laughs) like that's not what i'm no he's just no this is about money bro no i really like the idea of him like you said stop him stopping everything thunder stopping everything and being like whoa man whoa like i'm not gonna say we're the good guys here we're clearly not but uh fascists i don't think so this is about money (laughs) yeah like i don't he's jewish that's fine my grandma was but no no No. man no (laughs) i even like the idea like if you follow that line of cap being like oh yeah i guess it doesn't make much sense there yeah this seems like a you thing (laughs) if you're seeing brown shirts every time you have you have you talked to anybody else about this like they get into a deep like maybe you need to you know work out some things my sister sees somebody i can give you their number yeah uh look like however this works out let's let's talk after this yeah um because i got i got her card like uh yeah but the problem is it's back at the bar um you know i I xerox it and give it out a lot actually um (laughs) i turned thunder i make sure all my guys go to see her honestly yeah um because that's the last thing you need is like some emotionally some emotional instability while we're doing crime i can't have that yeah (laughs) like if somebody's gonna do something it's gonna be because that's the right thing to do in the moment Mm -hmm. i can't be having some surprise trauma cropping up and then suddenly i'm on the hook for a felony and what should have been a misdemeanor at best yeah you know so this I really, a, this is, I'm doing some extortion. That's yeah. all, man. I'm not here. Right. Yeah. 
I'm not here for this to be a hate crime. I'm not here for this. The like, you know, I look, I'm, I'm a bad guy. I'm yeah. a bad guy, but like I offer full, like full medical, full dental. And, uh, you know, my, my guys, my guys get mental health days. Yeah. Um, if you don't want to come and... in, to, if you don't feel like you're in a, in a headspace that you can competently rough up a 69 year old man and get him to move out of his house. You know what? I don't even ask for excuses. You just tell me you need that day off. I find another guy or I go do it myself. That's fine. Uh... <laughs> I want this. I want this. We need to write. We need to write this, right? Um, the, uh, it, it just reminds me of Wreck-It Ralph with the like, you know, just because you are a bad guy doesn't mean you are a bad guy. <laughs> or uh, uh oh uh the guy with the last name who i can't have i can't pronounce in uh i think that's an ant-man and the wasp where they're like yeah we're criminals we're not evil <laughs> das yeah. malachain das malchin das malchin yeah um yeah him and is that ti being like yeah we're yes <laughs> we're criminals but we're not evil what the hell <laughs> yeah uh but yeah the uh so that was number three yeah. uh number two was uh spider-man in the ff because it's really interesting to look at uh you know when you compare spider-man in the ff's first meeting um where he is where he's just like i'm gonna join your team and they're just like no no you're not no like who the fuck even are you yeah um to later on where he's basically a satellite member of the of the family you know Mm -hmm. like there's there's the ff the immediate family yeah um and they're like so you've got like the uh, the Fantastic Four and Alicia and like blah, and then you've got the satellite people who are like not part of the immediate family, but they're they're family. Yeah. And Spider Man becomes that, and so this is a step along the way to that happening. Yeah. Um, and I I really I really liked that. Uh, and number one is Johnny stopping the kid from uh from going down the road he did both because of how well it's done but also just because it it works in general it works as a as a thing Mm -hmm. so yeah uh so that is it for us this week uh join us next week we'll be reading some x-men some power man and iron fist and some marvel team up again uh in the meantime rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts email us at watchersguidegmail.com like us on facebook follow us on twitter both individually and at watchersguidemu and visit our website at watchersguide.com where you can download episodes of the show and see all of the reading lists going back to the very first episode Have a marvelous week. Bye.